Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, November 5th, we look at Lesson 6, He Died for Us. Together, let's see how Jesus' death actually gives us hope for resurrection in Christ Jesus. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word. And together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, lesson six, He Died for Us. And our memory text is coming from the New King James Version, John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Uh, And it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Mm, what, what poignant imagery from the children of Israel walking through the wilderness and that story of, of lifting up the serpent in the wilderness as a symbol of Jesus and his sacrifice. Right, and this is, I, I feel like, a, a, an unintentional chiastic structure that this mm. lesson is bringing us to. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, what a moment for us to contemplate on Christ, especially his Mm -hmm. closing scenes. Mm -hmm. So, Michael, please uh, share with us Sunday's lesson from the foundation of the world. Well, these texts in Sunday's lessons really talking about how this didn't just happen by happenstance. It wasn't it wasn't mere chance or an accident that that Jesus died for us. There was intentionality. Yes, there was. In Revelation uh, chapter 13, verse 8, it talks about the lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. So all the way back when God created humanity and this planet, God had already put into place a plan, something, a contingency, right? So so it wasn't even reactionary when the fall happened. There right. already was a plan before that. And First uh, Peter 1, 19 and 20 uh, again, gives this uh, same kind of indication. It says, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, mm-hmm. but was revealed in these last times for your sake. So again, this idea of choosing, of, of uh, and then one more verse here, Titus chapter one, verse two, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. So we don't know when the plan of salvation started, when that was conceived, that idea. No. But we, we know that it was before humanity in this world was created and before the beginning of time. So in other words... It I, wasn't on a whim. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. There was intentionality. And I, I think that's partly... Um, there is this inherent risk. If God creates something and gives them free will and free choice, there's always that possibility right. that 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 could go wrong, and it and it did. And so, if it were to happen, this is what would take place: um, Jesus would become that uh, supreme sacrifice. And so, there is this plan of salvation, and that plan ultimately is for our redemption, and it also reveals the true character of God. And, and, and I think that maybe there's a part of this in, in which there was a plan from the foundation of the world, which it talks about. But it's also, you know, if you love somebody and God is love, this selfless kind of love, um, that there's this spirit and willingness to sacrifice oneself for, for another. Right. And so partly there is a plan from the beginning of, you know, whenever, 
But it's also the fact that the very character of God has never changed. It's always been benevolent. It's always been um, uh, the purpose of God. Redemptive, right? To be redemptive, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That that just is who uh, the divine uh, trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that's what they are all about. And they're united in purpose in that that, uh, process, which leads us to, to Monday's lesson, A Preface to the Cross. So, Michael, this covers uh, several times where Jesus is predicting his mm. crucifixion. Okay. And the disciples actually didn't get it, right? But he's still telling them. You so kind of wonder, were they a little dense sometimes, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, It's easy to be sit in judgment of them, though. <laughs> it really is, because how many times have we talked about the second coming? And some people just, eh, right? And, right, And yeah. some people uh, are too, ah, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there is this balance that comes. But yeah. Matthew 16, verse 21, from that time, Jesus began to show up, show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. And Peter told him, uh, far be it from you, Lord, that this should happen to you. And that's when Jesus looks at him and says, uh, get thee behind me, Satan, right? Yeah. Uh, and so he's telling him, like, this is your redemption. If I don't do this. Then, mm-hmm. this, then you will not be saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't stop there. It goes on to, I'm going to go next to, I think it's Mark chapter 9 and verses 30 and 32. It says, they departed from there and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it. For he taught his disciples and said to them, mm-hmm. the son of man is being, tra- being betrayed into the hands of men and mm-hmm. they will kill him. And after he's killed, he will rise the third day. I. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to go, go ahead and stop there. So these are all, you have a chance to look through for yourself, uh, all the way Matthew, Mark, Luke, even John uh, mm-hmm. talks about it. Mm-hmm. As Jonah uh, as Jonah was uh, in the belly of the whale for three days, he says, so the son of man shall be, right? And they still, yeah. Yeah. once again, did not understand it. Mm-hmm. But this was important. Jesus was about purpose and mm-hmm. mission. Yeah, yeah. And I believe our calling into ministry, and by the way, that's for the priesthood of all believers, yeah. right? Not mm-hmm. just professors or academic teachers or uh, administrators in the church. Uh, This is for all believers. Mm -hmm. God has a purpose and a calling for us. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that purpose Mm -hmm. and remind people what that purpose is. Uh, So we can continue to go. Mm -hmm. And when the things of this world that are trying to detract us Mm -hmm. from our callings, Mm -hmm. from our purposes, Mm -hmm. we can say, you know, God has called me to be a light in the midst of darkness, whatever it might be, right? Right. Uh, Not a light, but a reflector of the light, right? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And and keeping that purpose ahead of us, that's what drove Christ. That's what kept him going. Spending that alone time with the Father in prayer uh, helped him to realize this is why I'm doing what I do. This is why I have the empathy and the sympathy and the miracles that I'm doing. These are all a part of the larger Mm, plan. mm. And imagine if we all lived our lives according to that way. And I know it's yeah. harder yeah. Uh, for, for some of us, mm-hmm. uh, easier for some, uh, for s- some people. And I wouldn't say easier. Mm-hmm. They've just embraced it a lot more, yeah. right? Yeah. And I know sometimes we're, Lord, uh, Lord, you know I waver. We waver. Yeah. But find your purpose. Find what God is calling you to and say it out loud and allow people to come beside you, whether they're detracting from it or or not. You know it and you stick to it, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Because our ultimate purpose is to one day be caught up with Christ when he comes to the second coming. Yeah. That is our purpose in this life to be reunited with our Savior, right? Mm. And so, Michael, tell us about It Is Finished. 
Tuesday's lesson. Yeah, so John chapter 19 tells the story of Jesus on the cross. And of course, we have the parallel accounts, but this is the one that uh, that we're looking at for, for this time. And it goes through all of the, the trauma. And I don't want to uh, make light of that in the least because it was very traumatic. The physical, the emotional, all of right. those things were traumatic. Um, but But other people have been crucified before, Buster. It's true. You know, and so it's not like Jesus was the only person that's ever been crucified. In fact, it was uh, not unusual, at least in the Roman Empire, you know, of um, outside of Jerusalem, uh, where in the first century there would be many Jews, especially after the revolts um, that would be crucified. So so this wasn't unusual, as horrible as it was, but there was something greater going on. And there is the the weight of the sins of the world. There's the plan of sal- salvation is on the line. It's at stake right. in the person of Jesus and uh, the finality of, of Jesus, of what Jesus was actually doing. Of course, there's the final moments, the very final moments. They um, put a sponge of vinegar and, and um, some hyssop and uh, a, a kind of uh, a mercy, right? It's a mercy treatment to kind it of is. to to de- dull the pain, I guess you'd say. Um, and then finally, uh, Jesus said, "It is finished. It is finished." And then it says, "With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit." Well, what is the significance of this? Well, the finality of of the whole purpose of Jesus's life and the plan of salvation was now assured. It was. It had had taken place. So the theological significance of that um, is is utterly profound. It, yes. There's just no way to, to really put this into human words, but yet it means so very much. If we allow it, if we allow it if, uh, if. To, 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 to be transformative, and, and, and we could theologize all we want, but what I can tell you is my own personal experience is what Jesus means to me, that sacrifice on Calvary. Um, theologians debate it, but nothing will change the fact that when I think of this, I think, wow, what incredible God I have. And my heart is just broken at the cross of Calvary. And I realize um, I, all I can do is say thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And um, so there's the finality of the plan of salvation. Uh, and Jesus completed the mission. Mission accomplished, we would say, right? <laughs> you know, you know, you think of uh, some kind of strategic mission. Um, you know, I, we live in a world of chaos and there's war going on. And right now we're going looking at Ukraine and whatever you think about world political, geopolitical events. But but right now there's different cities being captured and retaken and stuff like that. Yeah. And we say, Back wow, that's, that's strategic. You know, that's really huge that they're able to, that particular aspect of some military mission took place, you know. Right. And, and and um, this this is the strategic turning point of the whole plan of salvation. This is the ba- the battle that <laughs> the, right. the key moment, the key moment um, in the plan of salvation. So this, uh, but, is, this is D Day. D Day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great example, Buster. <laughs> great example. Anyways, um, so so we're we're talking about this um, strategically, but um, I, I maybe got ahead of you a little bit, Buster. No, no, but, it's, um, it's perfect. Perfect. Uh, uh, segue into this, Michael, mm-hmm. which is Wednesday's lesson. He died for us, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you shared what you shared because John three fourteen through eighteen mm-hmm. uh, is so important in looking at all these scriptures. And I'm so glad. Yeah. Uh, this this quarter, uh, Alberto Tim, mm-hmm. who is a scholar and a theologian, 
Yes. Uh, he takes all these things into context. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think when I read, I don't always take it into context, but understanding what's happening here in John chapter three, yeah. where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus mm-hmm. and he's trying to convince him yeah. for his conversion, right? Mm-hmm. And Nicodemus yeah. is not sure. He meets him at night because he's a, he's like, man, what, what, what will the rest of the Pharisees say, right? All these different things. And Jesus shares with them these words, and I will read this uh, mm. just because I think the significance of it. Mm-hmm. And as Moses lifted up, uh, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, so must the son of uh, so must the son of man be lifted up. Uh, John chapter three fourteen mm-hmm. fifteen that whoever whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And three sixteen mm. says something very similar. Yeah, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Wow. For the son, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the, of the only begotten son of God. Mm-hmm. And so it's, as us compare this with Romans 6, 23, which is the wages of sin mm-hmm. is death, mm-hmm. but the gift of God is eternal life. Yeah. And so this is not a cheap grace gift, right? Mm. This is yeah. a, it costs blood, right? And I, I know we hate hearing that, but... I think of the word propitiation, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what Christ was for us. Yeah. He traded. He took our spot. And this was not a clean spot. This was dirty. This was gory, right? Mm-hmm. That he died for us. He died mm-hmm. in our stead. And some maybe someone hears this and says, yes, but so-and-so died as well. And what about all the martyrs and everything else? Well, the death that he died for us was not the first death. It was the second death. Right. The death that eternally mm. dooms us or saves us. And he eternally saved us. Yeah. Those who would believe in him. Mm. And this believe is a call to action, yeah. not just a, a confession with the lips, but it's a confession with the life. Right. Wow. With the heart and the lips and the mind and everything. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it calls us to action because God so loved us. We're called to so love him mm-hmm. and surrendering our lives unto him. Yeah. And so Michael finish us off with Thursday's lesson, the meaning of the cross. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we've talked about various angles of this, but uh, Pastor Paul kind of brings it home for us, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, putting it all together. And I think I'm going to highlight some parts of it here from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, and it begins in verse 18. And the church in Corinth was kind of a troubled church, we would say. Well... (laughs) And we, by the way, uh, if you're interested in, in, in New Testament studies, 1 Corinthians is really 2 Corinthians, and 2 Corinthians is really 4 Corinthians. There's references to earlier other letters yes, that are in yes. each of those, so there, we know that there's an ongoing dialogue. But we have these two snapshots in what we now call 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. But I love how at the very outset of this correspondence, of this letter, of this email, <laughs> Pastor Paul had been writing <laughs> yeah, like to the that. modern church today, is this reminder uh, right here uh, about the cross of Christ, because whatever theology and whatever problems may, we may have, we need to anchor it within uh, the, the uh, understanding of, of, of Jesus on Calvary. And he gives this preface here in verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Mm, love uh, it. And I think we have to just take that in for a minute. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah why, why would anyone be that self selfless? 
Yeah. Right? Like, get after your, get get what you want for yourself, right? Yeah. Every seems, man for himself. It's an, an absurdity. Yes, it is. And yet, uh, and that's what Paul's saying. Pastor Paul says it's foolishness. Yes. It's crazy. And But it says, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. And I think this is this back to this effective and transformative aspect of the gospel uh, we have, and we have to make sure that we keep this real in our own Christian lives. We're there. You go. You know, there's there's all these intellectual concepts. It's easy to know a theory of the gospel, the theology, all of these. Even study the Bible. We know the devil and his angels. <laughs> they know the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> they know the Bible. Even the demons believe study, and tremble. Yeah, right. They they, they do, <laughs> but uh, it doesn't do anything for them. No. And it's not transformative. I think this is one of our greatest dangers is that we have to allow the power of the gospel to sink in each and every day, the cross of Christ. And this is what Ellen White talks about. We should think on the cross of Christ every day. You spend a thoughtful hour, right? Yes. Um, I think it's the same idea that we need to let this kind of soak in and and marinate, you know, and, and, and these things can't be rushed. You can't just say, you know, hey, Buster, you go be converted, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, so, although some have tried, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's true because, I mean, we, this is Adventist. We struggle with this. Oh, we just we had the Adventist greatly. Identity Conference that just right. happened, and, and I wasn't able to be there, but I was watching, listening to a lot of the presentations. There was some research that pointed out, and I forget the exact number, but something like, um, 60% of young people, I hope I don't do this uh, disservice, but um, look up the research. You can find it um, online with this Adventist Identity Conference. But something like 60%, almost two-thirds of Adventist young pe- people believe that they're saved by keeping the Sabbath or that they're saved by their works and these kinds of things. I, and I can I can attest to that when I share uh, why are you leaving, why are you staying, a lot yeah. of them say they're, they're staying in church because they feel guilty Yeah. because if they're, or they're out of obligation because they want to go to heaven. Yeah. Right? And like, oh, we, we have so to do like a better job. So it's like a major guilt trip, right? Yeah, we have yeah. to do a better job presenting the gospel. And and so it's kind of like, you know, falling in love with someone and just saying, well, I guess I have to bring you flowers or I have to take you out on a date. <laughs> do we have to do it again, you know? And, and oh. yeah, I mean, your wife or girlfriend slap you silly, like, you know, right. well, yeah, then exactly. there's no real relationship there. Yeah, you're allowed to leave. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And But yet, uh, when you really get it, when you get the, the cross and God's love and his true character and everything else, it is truly the power of God. So then all of, and, and when the gospel is at the center of the Adventist experience. There you go. Yes, suddenly it yes, changes yes. everything else. It is this power of God. And so mm-hmm. things like the Sabbath, it's not, oh, I Sabbath again. You know, I hope it's going to be so bored and I don't have, I can't do anything fun on the <laughs> Sabbath. And, and then suddenly see, oh, I get to spend more time with Jesus and I get to make a difference in other people's lives. There and, you go, and 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 share God's love with others, and what a what a great time and opportunity to spend time in that relationship with God. And Michael, do you mind if I insert real quick? Go for uh, it. I did a seminar this last Sabbath, and two elders of the church, Al and Ed, mm-hmm. um, there at the um, uh, the Keller Come and See Church. Oh, cool. They, they said, you know, they said, why do we make everything a pass fail in Adventism? <laughs> you oh, know. My. He said, he said, we even call them testing truths. Wow. And you think about it. He's like, yeah. he's like, it's really, he's like, he's like, yeah. for me growing up in the church, this was Ed speaking. Yeah. So it really messed me up because he's like, I just like, well, I failed it. So I mm-hmm. might as well leave. Right. Mm-hmm. 
He's like, he's like, what if we could actually call them indicative truths? Wow. Right? Yeah. Like, like they're an indication of mm-hmm. when you're really close to God, yeah. these are things that you will do, but it's not mm-hmm. a pass fail. Mm-hmm. These are mm-hmm. an indication of where your heart is, right? Wow. Yeah. And so yeah. We, we have to be very careful, even our, our lingo, our language. Mm-hmm. Continue on, Michael. Well, I mean, I just, you're getting into the heart of it. I mean, this whole identity conference that was going on, what is our Adventist identity? Well, and there's a lot of talk about the remnant. What is the remnant, you know? Yes. As if the remnant means, you know, we're separate or better than others. We're snooty. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I think that's where we miss the whole point. We miss the whole point. The gospel, the remnant have God's, have a, a truly a, a, a beautiful understanding of the gospel at the end of time and the character of God and, and the everlasting gospel. You know, that's right at the heart of the three angels' messages. Right. That's what's proclaimed to the world. People see the cross of Christ more clearly, more powerfully than ever before in human history. They see that, and 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 that revelation is uh, is so transformative, and and it transforms everything else. And so our identity, our Adventist identity, has to be anchored in Calvary. Yes, it does. Yeah, Michael, I, that's beautiful, and it just reminds us of the glory that we actually have in in lifting up Christ mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of remembering what he has done yeah. and the fact that it's not reliant on me. Yeah. I don't have to do it. Right. Like I was speaking about sanctification here in class in the next couple of days. Yeah. We don't, we don't sanctify ourselves. We can't, wow. it's impossible. Yeah. yeah. We just surrender ourselves to mm-hmm. God and he sanctifies us. He purifies us. He calls us apart, right? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I, I hope this will challenge those of you that are listening in wherever you may be and whatever you may be in your own uh, walk with God, uh, that you will remember specifically as you listen to this that Jesus loves you and that he died for you. He died for me. Amen. And uh, that's that's just where it's at. That's our identity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we're going through death and dying and all this other stuff. Um, but I can't, you know, as a pastor and as a chaplain, um, you know, I, I, I can think of church members lifelong faithful Adventist buster right. went to church, paid their tithe, did all these kinds of things and get right up at the end. And And I would have the the privilege to, to be there. And I remember people, I remember one lady, I'll never forget this, this moment. And she looked me in the eyes and said, I just don't think I've been good enough. <laughs> I don't think I've been good enough. And I said, yes, but Jesus has been good enough. Amen. And Jesus loves you. Amen. And, you need to trust Jesus. Amen. And as I said that, she held my hand. I held her hand, hand in hand, and she squeezed my hand and smiled, mm. a smile in her face, and she went to sleep. Amen. And I, I think that's what we need to remember. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't want anyone to fall asleep. <laughs> but this podcast is sweet. Especially but, if you're driving right now. Yeah, do please, not fall asleep. <laughs> please do not. Do not do that. But uh, we we all, all need to be reminded of that, I think, from time to time, um, that Jesus really died for me. Yes. And his goodness mm-hmm. is good enough. It is. It is. Well, I think we've covered this lesson for another week. It's been a lot of fun, Buster. Um, yes, can't has. wait for a wedding this afternoon that we got to squeeze in just a little bit of time to actually do a couple of these podcasts in person. It brings back sweet memories yes, of being here in Keene at Southwestern and uh, how God is blessing here and seeing everybody. So uh, without any further ado, this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. 
As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.